Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, March 10th. Coming up on the show today, Josh Ward will preview the SEC basketball tournament. Who's going to win it? Who should Tennessee want to face? The Nashville Predators begin a critical stretch of three games in four days tonight at Bridgestone Arena. But we begin with some huge quarterback news in the AFC South and the massive contract that the Titans doled out to their star outside linebacker. We, of course, are brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Make sure you check out their work. If you own a home and you're going to make any big decisions, it's pretty clear you need all the information. So talk to the folks at the Kingston Group. They are locally owned, they're award-winning, and they've been successful in Nashville for over a decade for a reason. That's the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. Make sure you talk to them before you make any big financial decisions about your house. All right? Well, it has been a busy, busy couple of days in the NFL, and in particular for the Tennessee Titans. After Tennessee, John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, and company decided not to tag Harold Landry late on Tuesday evening, and as the details came out on Wednesday, it has been announced that Harold Landry has been re-signed to a five-year, $87.5 million contract, with $52.5 million being guaranteed. Now, there's lots of other details about the contract uh, out there as well. Harold Landry in four years, 256 tackles, 164 solo tackles, eight passes deflected, two interceptions, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, 14 tackles for loss, and 31 career sacks. However, the most important statistic you need to know about Harold Landry, not just his versatility and where they line him up and how much they use him, his work ethic, but the number one talent you can have as an NFL player is being available. And Harold Landry, in four years as an NFL player, has missed one game. And that was when he was a rookie. So his most valuable asset, his most valuable skill is his availability. He has been on the field every single time this team needs him. And the ripple effect of this is fascinating. It also should tell us a few things about how John Robinson and Mike Vrabel view their team. With $19 million committed to Bud Dupree next year, $9 more million committed to Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons checks in at a cool $4 million, but he's about to get a huge contract, of course, a first-round pick, and the re-signing of Harold Landry, as well as T.R. Tart and Derek Roberson, all three of whom have been re-signed in the last day. What it should tell you is that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel are very comfortable and very satisfied and happy with this collection of defensive linemen and front seven players. Clearly, he loves his defensive line, John Robinson does, and he's willing to pay all of them to stay intact for at least another year or two. Also, it tells you a little bit about where the Titans are looking to focus in the draft and in free agency, which means they can go use those assets, whether it's free agency dollars or draft capital, to plug other holes like, I don't know, what's going to happen along the offensive line, some weapons around Ryan Tannehill, maybe if they cut Jackrabbit Jenkins drafting a corner. There's a lot more possibilities now that Harold Landry is locked up, that defensive line is stable, and that pass rush is coming back next year for Tennessee Titans fans. A lot of reasons to be excited about the big news about Harold Landry, T.R. Tart, and Derek Roberson on Tuesday and Wednesday. On the heels of the huge quarterback news on Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers supposedly returning to Green Bay and Russell Wilson being traded to the Denver Broncos, well, the Indianapolis Colts made some big news by trading Carson Wentz. That's right, Frank Reich's guy. He's trading him away to the Washington football team. I still am not ready to call them the Washington Commanders just yet. Of course, traded for a package of draft picks. The Colts will receive Washington's third-round picks in 2022 and 23. There's some escalators, and they also swapped some picks. It's not really that important what they got back. 
The key here is that Washington will pay the full $28 million salary due to Wentz this season, and that Reich and the Colts have to yet again find another starting quarterback. Everything is in place, seemingly, for the Colts to be a very good franchise. They've had a winning record in three of his four seasons, and he's had three different starting quarterbacks in those three years. He's had four different starting quarterbacks in his four seasons, which will mean he will have five different starting quarterbacks in five years. So what does this mean for the Tennessee Titans? Well, no more Carson Wentz jokes on Twitter, I suppose, but it also means winning the division in the short term should be easier. Long term, you can't hate Carson Wentz and also the move by the Colts here. You can't do both. You either think Carson Wentz sucks, and therefore this is a smart move by the Colts to acquire assets and free up some cap space, and therefore long-term making them a more dangerous opponent in the division, or you love Carson Wentz, and this ruins the Colts' chances, and you hate the move. You can't have it both ways. Again, in the short term, it makes them less dangerous, but in the long term, it makes them more dangerous. Again, putting more pressure on Ryan Tannehill and the Titans to win now. Well, it's Thursday, so it's time for our weekly chat with Josh Ward, WNML in Knoxville. You can follow him on the Twitters at Josh underscore Ward. Um, Josh, first question for the SEC tournament. If you're a Tennessee fan, who do you want to face on Friday evening? My answer has been South Carolina. Just looking at the matchup during the regular season, I like Tennessee a little bit better against the Gamecocks. Played them twice. I thought they were clearly, clearly the better team. Now, I guess the same applies to Mississippi State, but with their size – uh, Molinar, there's some things I can see in that game where if Tennessee's in foul trouble, if the post play is not where it needs to be, it was when Tennessee went to Starkville, which is really impressive, but I could see things going Mississippi State's way. And I just think that's probably the better team overall. So um, I, I know South Carolina got better as the season went along. I deserve credit for that. And Frank Martin has a team that it'll fight and they will have just won a game if they're playing you. So that might scare you a little bit, but uh, I'd still choose the Gamecocks over Mississippi State. Should they play Tennessee? Should they play Kentucky in the semifinals on Saturday, which all college sports fans should be rooting for, of course. Um, do you think a two seed is actually on the line in that game? Or do you think Kentucky's already solidified itself as a two? Tennessee can't go up to the two? Or do you think they have to win again? Like, what do you think's on the line if they play Kentucky on Saturday? It could be on the line for both. I think it's on the line for Tennessee. Kentucky, I think it's more likely that if the Wildcats lose, they still can get a two seed. If Tennessee loses Saturday, then I would just say go ahead and put Tennessee at the three, and that's a good accomplishment from where things were, the conversation six, eight weeks ago, whatever. But uh, there's a lot on the line because obviously you can then advance, and Tennessee would have a chance to win an SEC tournament title. But moving past this week, Kentucky's at least trying to hold on to that two seed spot and you never know if you lose if you're Tennessee you've really bolstered your resume and you have a chance to keep doing that if you can beat let's assume Auburn or whichever team uh, in that Sunday game then you can really add to your resume because the biggest question for Tennessee has been okay where are your impressive wins away from home if you get one against Kentucky that is definitely one if you can beat Kentucky and Auburn well those are going to be two of the most impressive away from home wins in the country uh, because of where those two teams are, one and two seats right now, according to a lot of people. So uh, it's a big opportunity for Tennessee, more on the line uh, that Tennessee could give up if it doesn't win on Saturday. What do you think Rick Barnes, like I got a text message from a, a bunch of Tennessee friends of mine that are like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about this team. I'm excited about this team, but I'm not willing to go all in on them yet. I'm still, you know, that, that hesitancy that, that exists inside of Tennessee alumni. Um, what, what do you think is most important? Regular season standings, SEC championship, SEC tournament? Like, where do all these things rank in terms of value for 
fans and for the coaching staff, knowing that the, the big tournament is what matters. I think it's the big tournament uh, that, that just yeah. trumps everything in the end. The other stuff gets celebrated and should, but what gets talked about the most, I believe, is what happens in the NCAA tournament, good or bad. Elite eight run that Tennessee had or falling short. Like the, the outright SEC title that Tennessee had in 08 with Chris Loft and that team was a tremendous accomplishment. 31 wins. It was an awesome season. But what probably gets brought up even more quickly is, well, that Louisville matchup in the Sweet 16, what could have been in a better matchup, how deep they could have gone. So I think it comes back to that. That's why even with the SEC tournament, I think you still have fans say, well, would we be better off losing Saturday so we have our legs for the next week? I think that can be overblown at times, but there's a reason fans bring it up. And you get to this time of year, I was asking on Sports 180, what is the mix of optimism because of how well Tennessee has played over the last couple of months versus the anxiety that just comes with, <laughs> well, what if we fall short when we get to March? It's the, uh, it's the beauty and it's the heartbreak that comes with the opportunity. Oh, God bless the University of Tennessee Athletics. Um, your pick to win the SEC tournament this weekend, sir. I'm going with Kentucky. I think it's been the better team. Now, uh, as far as a contender list, I kind of give Auburn actually the edge going in because I think it's road to Sunday is a little better because I wouldn't want to play Tennessee on Saturday. I just I think it can be a great game. It's been a great game when they played the last couple of times in the SEC tournament. So if Tennessee wins against Kentucky, I will not be surprised if that happens. The Vols have a chance. Uh, last time they won, though, remember that next day, it's like Tennessee was out of gas because of how big that Kentucky yeah. game was. That could be a problem as well. But if healthy enough, if fully healthy for sure, I just like Kentucky's roster. I like the team the yeah. best out of the SEC. But I think very highly of Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn. And, and you know, Arkansas is not a bad fourth team at all. No, I, I, I would have Kentucky going farther in every tournament from here on out than everybody else. Just I think they're the best team. Uh, and nothing will top that Tennessee-Kentucky game at Bridgestone Arena a couple of years ago here in Nashville. That was the best Tremendous. SEC tournament basketball game I've ever been to. So, uh, Josh, yeah, that's I'll the look. exception to conversations of yeah. SEC tournament versus the NCAA tournament. That win for Tennessee, even losing the next day, that meant a lot to the team and to the fan base. Yeah, no question about it. Josh Ward, WNML, of course, up in Knoxville, at Josh underscore Ward on the Twitters. Thank you so much, my friend. Enjoy the tournament, buddy. You got it. You too. Thanks. The Nashville Predators are back on the ice against Anaheim on Thursday evening. Puck drop at 7 p.m. at Bridgestone Arena after a massive final seven minutes against Dallas on Tuesday in which they came from behind and pulled off a remarkable win and took two points from the Dallas Stars, who they jumped over in the Central Division standings. Obviously, a matchup against the Ducks is always going to elicit a certain response from Smashville, and so that should be fun at Bridgestone. But with a huge weekend of games against St. Louis and Minnesota in the division, two teams right ahead of them who they are chasing, the Ducks, who are a couple of points back of them in the wildcard standings in the Western Conference, along with the trade deadline looming, well, this is a monstrous weekend. Three games in four days for the Nashville Predators. If they can go 3-0 and and collect points, they could put themselves in a situation to get into that two or three seed slot in the Western Conference and in the Central Division. And if they do that, their first round matchup is far easier, far better. If they go 0-3, not only could they fall out of the playoffs, fall behind St. Louis and Minnesota in the Central Division so far back that maybe they can't catch them, but it also might start to push David Poyle to trade Philip Forsberg more actively. There are six games left until the trade deadline. And if you want a lot more on Philip Forsberg, make sure you tune into the Gold Standard Podcast out everywhere you get your podcasts. But if they have a terrible stretch of games over the next six before the trade deadline, it's going to make it a lot easier to trade Philip Forsberg because they clearly don't have a cup championship caliber team. 
If they can win three of these four and win some games next week and they are riding high into that trade deadline, it puts a lot more pressure on David Poyle and the Predators to get Forsberg signed before the deadline. Puck drop, 7 p.m., Bridgestone Arena, Anaheim Ducks, throw out the records. The Full 40 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. It's Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. And oh, by the way, they're award winning. So if you own a home and you're going to make a big decision, make sure you talk to the folks at the Kingston Group. That's BuildKG.com. BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening. Please check out the YouTube page. Check out all the social accounts. Follow, subscribe, all that great stuff. Rate, review, subscribe to this show. Please share it. Tell all your friends. We really, really, really appreciate it. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, March 10th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.